0: Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host is Justin Baker, who is joining me via Skype as we uh, tackle our first top 10 list of the offseason. You know that it is officially the best time of year when Overtime Hockey Talk is dropping top 10s. Hi, Justin. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Um, This was your idea. We we teased it uh, in the last show, the... uh, 2023 top 10 breakout players or the players we think will break out and before we jump into this year's list I thought that it would be fun to see how I I pulled up my list from last year Um, I don't know if you were able to find yours but I got mine you have yours okay Um, mine I think I took the easy way out and I didn't actually rank them but I have a few on here that I feel real good about and I have a few on here that I laughed about (laughs) <laughs> uh, who did you have at number one on your list Yeah, i
1: had i had maddie benears the colder winner so okay I feel too yeah you bad about that one yep
0: yep you you called that one i had uh definitely towards the the top of mine i i actually here's what i have on my notes i have uh jack hughes he'll be healthy this year and put up close to 100 points and 40 goals <laughs> huh i didn't do too bad all right <laughs>
1: I respect that one. That's, that was a good pick.
0: That was a good pick. The, ba- the bad pick was Jack Roslevic.
1: Hey, he came in at number 10 for me. So, yeah, yeah uh, we're in the same boat.
0: <laughs> I also said that uh, Thatcher Demko would have a Vesna year, and uh, that definitely Ooh. didn't happen. And yeah, I said Mason McTavish might win the Calder. <laughs> that, <laughs> did, that didn't happen. <laughs> and he didn't have a bad year, but he definitely was not. Calder. Yeah. Really.
1: So probably my worst one, I, at number three, I put Jacob Verana, um, not necessarily that he had a, a, a terrible year, but just, you know, yeah. obviously everything he personally worked for didn't. Maybe. Yeah. 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 It just wasn't a breakout year in the right way. So, uh,
0: yep. Yep. You know. I, i I also have Ilya Samsonov on my list. Yeah. So,
1: Ooh, that's a good one.
0: I will, uh, I'll take that one, but I, I, I did caveat and say, Ilya Samsonov and or Matt Murray (laughs) and or and or so I mean I was I was right it was Ilya Samsonov not Matt Murray (laughs) I'm good on that and uh, oh that's great I think you know there was some like I had Nick Suzuki on the list and I'd say like he was he was still really good he didn't have I said 80 points might not be out of reach I think he had 66 Um, I also had Cole Perfetti on here Uh, and Drake Batherson and they, they all had fine years, but not that like breakout year that I was hoping for. And then I'm hoping for, for some of the players that are on my list for this year. So, uh, any other, any other notables from last year that you want to toss out there? Mm,
1: eh, Nobody really that really stood out. I think I, you know, I had Owen power on there at the bottom of my list, which I think wasn't really a breakout year for him. Um, and then I, at number four, I had Brady Kachuk, which I mean, gosh, he's he's broken out—that's for sure. Yep. But.
0: Yep. See ya. He's he's gone. He's out of jail. Um, all <laughs> right. Well, let's let's jump into this year. So before we do, I, breakout players. I mean, that there can be a lot of a, a broad sweeping definition of what a breakout player is. You know, it, potentially, I I think from both our perspectives, it's somebody who has yet to break out like they've yet to really show their potential and they meet or exceed the potential that uh, a lot of people have on them. We're not really talking about the like bounce back guys who maybe have been, you know, had some rough seasons and then, Oh, they're going to break out this year again. I think we're more leaning towards the guys who have yet to have a good season uh, that, that are going to kind of take over and, and be important players on their teams. Is that where you are too, with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I also put in like you know some some rookies where just you know again sure. where um you know they're just I, I think they're going to explode and they're going to show that they're okay they're they're officially start similar to Jack Hughes right it took him a few years to really get going but in a younger guy but uh, of course he broke out last year and we we know he's he's a superstar in this league now yep. um but when you go more towards veteran guys to me they may have had you know, quite a few good years or they've had, you know, a couple or or even younger players that have had a couple good years, but really where they were expected to be coming into this league, you know, maybe it might be somebody who was drafted high, for example, you could take Philip Sedina, right? A guy who came into this league, drafted at number six. High expectations when you looked at him at World Juniors. um, but necessarily hasn't got there yet. And it might be other guys that you know have had some
0: And likely never will.
1: Yeah, maybe never will, but but guys who have had maybe a bunch of, you know, forty point seasons And, you know, we're expected to be, you know, star players in this league and who I think, you know, now have an opportunity to break out and maybe have that 70-point year.
0: Okay. All right. I like it. Um, Did anybody just miss your list?
1: I do have one person, yes.
0: Okay, let's hear it.
1: I've got Alex Lafreniere from uh, the New York Rangers. I just, I I want him to break out so badly being a number one pick, but I don't trust it. Yeah, yeah, I don't trust it either, but he's just so far down on the death chart. I think it's just going to be hard for him to get the ice time. Yeah, he's going to sit on that
0: third line again and and maybe get second power play time, but he's not getting PP1 with the rest of the team in front of him. And right, I I think he still could be you know, a 60-point guy given the right scenario. Uh, but maybe he's a third-line guy on a Stanley Cup winner. You know, yeah, I, still, I still think the Rangers are, are Stanley Cup contenders with the team that they have. And I I think, I mean, they look better with him on the third line than somebody who has far less talent. Uh, but he's just not getting the looks that, you know, you might expect a, a number one overall pick to get.
1: Right. And it might get to a situation where after the season, right, he's just he's still sitting at 30, 40 point range where, you know what, they just look at each other and mutually say, you yeah. know, what, we got to move him somewhere else. We got to get something back to,
0: yep. you know. Yep. I think you yep, could put so, you could you can kind of lump Capo Caco in there together with him as well. Absolutely. That, that both those yep. guys could have a breakout season. I don't have either one on my my list because I I know it's sort of unfair because they're what like 21 uh 21 22, is that right? Like yeah, it. yep. And uh, but I'm bored of them. I'm bored of this conversation, <laughs> like not, not of this conversation we're currently happening, but like the, the conversation of like, Oh, it's going to be their year this year. You know, it's like, I, I just don't know. I don't, I don't think they're really being set up to have that kind of year. And it, it just, it's a strange situation because typically a number one and, or a number two overall pick is going to a team that doesn't have a lot of depth. So they're getting thrust right onto the top six and neither of these guys have really gotten an opportunity in the top six for any considerable amount of time. Uh, so it's just, it's difficult for me to, to put them on there. So yeah, I, I don't have them on my list either. Um, I have Cody glass as my just missed Ooh, kind of player. I think, I think, like I think Cody glass uh, given the year that he had, uh, he finally kind of found himself in Nashville. I, I think that he, you know, when he was drafted by the Vegas golden Knights, uh, I, I think, you know, there was a lot of potential there. He goes last year, 35 points. He had 14 goals. He He's still only playing. He's playing less than 15 minutes a night. I think given a, given a little bit more opportunity, I think that there will be some offensive opportunities for him to get onto that power play. Like I know that they just signed Ryan O'Reilly, but I don't know that I'm looking at Ryan O'Reilly going, yeah, he's going to, produce a bunch offensively I think they're looking at their three centers now going all right let's let's figure out what we look like let's give everybody the opportunity to kind of step up here you've got O'Reilly you know you added Nyquist but really Cody Glass kind of slots in at that number two center spot and he's going to get a lot more opportunities than he did last year being behind you know Duchesne and uh, Ryan Johansson. So I I like him to have that like more of a he's not a veteran but it is his 7th year in the NHL or 6th year in the NHL so uh it would be a you know a nice story to see him kind of break out and uh find his way into that you know maybe the the 60 point range I think is reasonable for him if Nashville's offense can get going if he has 60 points then Yosi probably has 90 Ooh <laughs> which uh you know given the given the state of defenseman defensive hockey, I mean he had ninety six points just two years ago or two seasons ago, so i it's not out of the realm of possibility for Yosi to do that again, uh
1: um, yeah, new coach we'll see what happens,
0: yep, yep, for sure, okay, uh let's head into your list. who do you have at number ten
1: number ten, I probably have the oldest guy on my list here um that is Jonathan Drouin. um I'm sure you're probably looking at this one a little confused, but
0: to me—no, no, me, no—I'm no. not confused. <laughs> I'm just laughing.
1: <laughs> I'm just laughing. Well, listen, I mean, <laughs> but it's
0: a it, nice he, pick. It's a nice pick. Yeah.
1: So he he lands at a number ten. I and I I kind of flip-flopped putting him on this list too, but ultimately I, I kind of looked at it and said, you know what, this is a guy who came out highly touted, number three overall. Um, you know, behind obviously we know the success he had with Nathan McKinnon in juniors, and comes in here had a couple fifty-point seasons, but really I, I i've just been waiting for him to explode and be that that 70 to 80 point guy I, I don't expect him or never have expected him to be a line driver type person but thought he could be a real nice complimentary piece a guy who dishes the puck very very well and has a good hockey iq um you know and, and clearly you know um his possession numbers have always been pretty good his his course numbers have always been on the plus you know on the the right side of 50 percent and he's you know it, it shows because he's about 65 35 offense the defensive zone starts um obviously he goes to a Montreal team after being traded for Sergachev. it's just really a situation where I, I wasn't expecting him to have a lot of success given the type of you know hockey he played and what kind of style Montreal was playing at the time and kind of still is um but ultimately I think he finds a really really good fit here with Colorado I mean it, it doesn't hurt that you get to play with yeah, you right? yeah. yeah, one of the, the the top 3 4 guys in in the world here. Um yeah, it's it's going to be interesting and if anybody's I mean, you know, Destin if if he doesn't have if he gets to play 5 on 5 and some power play time with with Mc, you know, with McKinnon on that that top power play unit and, and first line there on his wing, man, if he doesn't put up at least, you know, 65 70 points, it's it's going to be disappointing, but
0: Well, um, in, in the last 163 games since 1920, uh, he has put up a whopping 17 goals that's uh one basically one in 10 about a goal in every 10 games so it's about an eight goal season
1: yeah i <laughs> he don't plays expect the whole him thing. to put up the goals i know i know I he's more of an to, assist guy but yeah he's going to dish Ranton and, and mckinnon all day long and i think both those guys will be you know 30 40 goal scorers so you know i, I expect him to to kind of milk that a little bit for okay. for some assists there
0: okay i like it. i like the pick i you know, as as I was doing this list, I, I go and I I look different stuff up, and, and I, I saw him on on a few lists of uh, people hoping that he does well. I think more Avalanche fans hoping, thinking like, oh, he's going to come here and he's going to be the savior, the eight eight hundred twenty five thousand dollar cap hit, and is going to be our our top line winger. Um, I don't know if I'm buying it, but I hope it is. I I for his sake, for all the crap that I. I know he was kind of, he was kind of a douche when he was in Tampa. Yeah. Um, At least that's the way he was portrayed. Like, you know, he, he didn't want to play. He wanted the the contract and blah, blah, blah. But you know, at the same time, he's, he was what, like 20, 22, 21. So you're, you're probably not, he's probably not alone in that decision. Like when you're 21, you've got probably a lot of people telling you what to do. And, uh, and you're maybe listening to the wrong people, which, yeah, it's still on you. But all right. now he's 28 years old, which is hard to believe that he was drafted 10 years ago. Uh, but 28, you know, you'd like to see a guy succeed after all the expectations that had on him. And who better to succeed than next to his uh, his BFF, Nathan McKinnon? I, I like the pick. Uh, my number 10 is probably the most obvious. But at the same time, it has to be done. So I'm putting Connor Bedard on here as my number 10 because he has never played a game in the National Hockey League. So let's uh, see if it's for real. I think it will be. I mean, he will be one of the breakout stars of the year. It's not as breakout sort of implies this like, oh, remember this guy? You forgot all about him, but he's amazing. Uh, But I think at the same time, this I mean. These are guys who have not done it before, and we expect them to do it this year. And he is—he's uh, one of those guys. I put him at my number ten, maybe because it was just so obvious, and also all the other players on my list, I believe, have played some NHL games, at least some. So he—he's the only true never played in the NHL before. So that's why I have him at ten.
1: Okay, I love the pick, and I love it so much, I had him at number nine. Hey, um, what do you know? Couldn't go any higher, though, because of what you said, right? Yeah. He's never played in the NHL, so I yep. yep. um, exactly. didn't feel like I wanted to put him you know, all the way at to the top. Yeah, we, we know, yeah, exactly, ageism, right? Yes. We, we know he's going to have a good season. It's just how good, and is he, you know, he going to have one of those Crosby 100-point seasons, which we haven't seen since Crosby and Obie? So True.
0: Yeah, yeah, or is it going to be, oh, well, he is playing for the Blackhawks, so... He is playing alongside Corey Perry, so
1: <laughs> I mean he's got Taylor Hall, so at least he's got that's true. Some he, he, does have, he does have
0: Taylor. He does. He does have Teitae. That's true. Um, okay. Well, my number nine is uh, Minnesota Wild center. I think some people thought he might have a breakout season last year. Didn't really. Uh, he didn't really get the time up with the team, but it's Marco Rossi.
1: All right, I love it. I I actually almost put him on my list. I wanted to, but for some, I have concerns about the center depth in that organization and I don't know. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so do I. And that's, that's why I think, I mean, this, this has gotta be, you know, he, you, you have to give this kid an opportunity now based on, you know, Ryan Hartman still being your number one center, despite having what 14 months to get someone better. Um, I I think that, you know, it, this is, his, I mean, in in the, AHL last year, he had 51 points in 53 games. That's pretty damn good for a 20-year-old in the AHL. So I I expect him to come in here, be in the top six, and perform. I love it. All right. Uh, Who do you have at number eight?
1: At number eight, I've got Lucas Raymond from the Detroit Red Wings. Um, Say what you will if you think he broke out his rookie season with 57 points, but... I think there's there's much much more to his game, and I think we're really going to see a breakout like seventy point season uh, out of this kid this year. And and the reason I say especially that— especially
0: playing because, alongside DeBrinket potential.
1: Well, yeah, we don't. I mean, we don't know where he's going to slide in the lineup, but yes, that is a potential, right? Um, he could play on the opposite wing of DeBrinket. But um, I think with DeBrinket there, it takes a lot of pressure off of him to be that goal scorer that a lot of people are expecting him to be that you know that elite winger to play alongside Larkin.
0: Well, and uh, hopefully could, you're getting to play against a, a slightly lesser talent.
1: Yes, and that's the thing, right? I think he's more, more or less, going to slot down in that second line where you know he can play with some better defensive players like you know JT Confort or or Andrew Comp and play alongside those guys, um, which will help shelter him against tougher opponents. You know those McKinnons. Um, you know, uh, you know. Well, again, in that you division,
0: know, you know the 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 centers that you're going up against and even the wingers, you know, you're talking like a Matthews Marner potentially going up against them. You're, you're, you're you're going up against a lot of uh, heavy talent in that Atlantic division.
1: Right. But now instead of the other team having to focus their top forwards and their, or their top defending forwards and defensemen against Raymond, now they've got to pick between to or Raymond. Right. And so I think that's going to free up a little bit more opportunity for him. You might not see, you know, more minutes yep. than the eighteen, seventeen he's seen in the last couple seasons. It could but. be
0: easier minutes though.
1: Right, exactly. And and, and I
0: mean to to your exact point, the same thing goes for the power play. Even if he can like he could continue playing PP one and just the looks that teams are gonna have to shade towards to brink it, which should help Raymond.
1: Absolutely. And and too, if you look at his, his possession numbers too. Uh, they've all been pretty good. And and last year he saw, you know, more defensive zone starts. And I think that'll probably go down now Uh, with the addition of guys like JT Comfer and uh, you know, Justin Hall, I think there's going to be more opportunities for other guys to, to see defensive zone starts versus him. So could see, you know, some better possession numbers too this year.
0: Okay. Yep. Uh, I have them on my list just a little bit later. So stay tuned. I'll let you know why I have them where I have them. Uh, My number nine is Luke Hughes from the New Jersey Devils? I know we know he's good, but he hasn't played a whole season, so I'm I stuck him on here and uh, I I you know just because a guy has a flashy few games, you know he played what two regular season games? He had a goal and an assist. He had a really nice playoff, and things look like they're they're headed in the right direction for him. I mean, he only played in three games in the playoffs. It's not like he's played in five NHL games. It's it's not like he's played in a full season, and we we saw what he had. Also, don't forget, seventy one percent of his faceoffs were taken in the offensive zone <laughs> uh, for his for the regular season at least. So, I mean, he, he was sheltered beyond belief uh, during his you know few games that he played last year. But I do expect Luke Hughes now, especially with New Jersey, the you know the shedding of a few defensemen that they had. And uh, I, I think now he's just primed to step in, be in their top four and get some serious uh, opportunities. So I love Luke Hughes to break out this year.
1: Yeah, I agree with you so much that he's on my list, but just in a different spot, a
0: little bit higher. All right. Uh, Who do you have at number seven?
1: At number seven, I've got Devin Levi from the Buffalo Sabres, the only goaltender to make my list.
0: Uh, He was the only goaltender to make my list as well. He's my number five, so we're pretty close there. I love it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, right, so we've got, you know, Pekka Lukanen on this, you know, on the Sabres team playing goal, but I think with the departure of Craig Anderson, uh, right, Levi came in and he looked much, much better than the rest of the goaltending rotation they had there in Buffalo, and I think... Um, you know, he'll probably be splitting minutes, but I think at some point during the year, uh, someone's got to pull away. And I think, you know, again, if if Levi wants to grab the bull by the horns, he has the opportunity to do so. Um, you know, still relatively young at 21 and not a lot of NHL experience. But I think what we saw out of him last year, he looked much, much better than all the other options they had. And and now with the addition of some some better defensemen on that back end now, I think that's going to bode well for this goaltending. Uh, whether again it's it's Levi or Lukinum, but I think Levi is is going to be leaned on a little bit more heavily, uh, especially knowing you know usually, um, you know they like to go with the younger guy, and he's he's looked at as being the the goaltender of the future there. So yep. I think they'll give him the opportunity.
0: Yep, I agree. Uh, seventh round pick by the Florida Panthers. Uh, may end up being the starting goalie for the Buffalo Sabers. Pretty impressive. <laughs> That's a good pick. That is a that is a great pick, even though they gave up on him. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love Devin Levi. I think for sure, as far as goaltenders go, you know, there, there's always going to be goalies that break out because, frankly, it's just it's difficult to follow that position uh, from a you know outside of the top two guys on each team, which you know we're pretty familiar with. Uh, the 60ish goalies in the NHL that play on a regular basis and then you start to get deep down into teams uh rosters sometimes and it's just hard to you know it's hard to know who's who is coming at that goaltending position because they don't play a lot of games sometimes so uh I, I think when it comes to that goaltending position though i mean Devin Levi's the one guy i look at and go i mean he's going to get the opportunity and he's gonna be on a pretty good team. So I, I think he's definitely due to to break out. He was my number five. So I'm I'm putting my faith in you, Devin. Let's do it. Love it. Uh my number seven is Evan Bouchard of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh obviously he had a a really nice playoff. He had a good year last year, forty points in the eighty-two games. Uh but I, I think this is where he he really takes over. Uh, I mean, he had 17 points in 12 games in the playoffs. He was playing 23 minutes a night, and I think he's going to get every opportunity to be this team's number one defenseman. Uh, I say move over to uh, to the rest of that team. You know, especially after Tyson Berry left, I think that really opened the the uh, the floodgates for him and uh, and Matthias Ekholm being there. I think. Just allowed for him to have a a little bit more space, so I I think move over Darnell Nurse. Your new number one defenseman is going to be Evan Bouchard, it, assuming yeah. they sign him. <laughs> right. Well, that's the big question. Or somebody right? drops that, but I don't care. It, it doesn't matter if it's in Edmonton or somewhere else. If if he yeah, they'll they'll get it done. But uh, yeah, I mean they they have what five million in cap space, so it's, they're they're okay. Uh, but yeah, I but don't so think I, he's going to sign for. 5 so
1: I agree with you when, when you, when you talk about opportunity, right. And a lot of times guys like that thrive when they find the right defensive partner. And you mentioned, um, you know, what's his face coming over from, from Nashville and there T the
0: at uh, home. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's like finding, you know, that, that Chris Tanev to, to Quinn Hughes situation. Right. I mean, it just, it, it burst him out into the scenes. Everybody's like, okay, Quinn Hughes is a legit threat. Now he's a, a number one defenseman because he was, you know, paired with Chris Tenev and it just, it complemented him so well. And, um, you know, we've, we've kind of seen what happened when he left. Chris Tenev went to, well, to- and,
0: and, and with a, a younger guy, sometimes you just need, you need that extra blanket
1: of yes. security,
0: but you know, now, now Quinn, he was obviously great player and is, is only going to continue getting better. Doesn't need Chris Tanev anymore. Uh, but for those early seasons, he was just a game changer for him. And I think taught him a lot about how to play the defensive game, which I, I think uh, Ekholm and, and Bouchard, there's that chance too. I love it. Uh, do you have Bouchard on your list?
1: I do not actually. No, because no, okay. to to me, I thought he broke out last year. Like that to me was him breaking out. So, but I don't disagree with you. I think there's another level to his game.
0: So From a playoff out. standpoint, I suppose. I, I, but like, I mean, he's still 40 point, 40 points the last two seasons. Uh, in the regular season, I I think that we could see an Evan Bouchard seventy point season, maybe more.
1: Okay, yeah, I do think if he does touch those kind of numbers, then I will I'll tip my cap to you because um, I don't think it's impossible. in playing with you know the personnel he has, right, right. Um, I mean, let's be honest here. If you if you want to look from a purely offensive standpoint, uh, he's uh,
0: some power play uh, points, and bounds.
1: yeah. He's leaps and bounds above Darnell Nurse, so he'll get the minutes yep. when it comes to those offensive zone starts
0: absolutely all right who is your number six
1: number six is a guy we've already talked about Luke Hughes um and the reason I had him you know maybe a little bit higher is because um yes the 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 games you know were very limited um come playoff time he looked very very good in my opinion but um, and under the
0: under the tension of those games uh he played great too because remember New Jersey had lost that first game and he came in and uh, they they fared much better against the Rangers uh with his speed
1: yeah, so uh, two points in three playoff games, not bad. But here's the thing, though. He started off the regular season only playing 16 minutes, looked much better getting more minutes, up to 19 in the playoffs. Uh, with the departure of Ryan Graves, and this is the reason why I have him a little bit higher, is now you're going to see him play a lot more minutes. You're going to see upwards of 20 to 22 minutes a night for this kid, I think. Um, he's probably going to start off on that second line, playing with maybe John Marino. Um, I, you know, Obviously, Dougie, Dougie Hamilton is still going to be the go-to guy when it comes to the number one defensive, you know, player on that team. But, you know, again, he's Luke Hughes, a left-handed shot, Dougie Hamilton, a right. So you could roll both those guys on that first power play unit. Maybe who knows, um, you know, again, seeing Jack and Luke Hughes on the same unit might be very, very dangerous brothers always seem to find each other and, and know where the other's going to be. Right. They kind of have that little unfair advantage, but not only that, but now with the addition of Tyler Toffoli in there and keeping Timo Meyer around that top six has got even more dangerous. And even the third line has got more dangerous. Now when you have to roll out Andre Pallotta and Eric Kala, so um, you know, more weapons for him to, to potentially take advantage of.
0: Okay. Um, my oldest player, the oldest player on my list is here at number six. Uh, player recently traded to the Colorado Avalanche and that is Ross Colton coming from the Tampa Bay Lightning his previous his best season was 39 points 22 goals I he he's only ever averaged uh his most was 12 minutes and 48 seconds a game. Uh, I think that's gonna be up considerably with the Avalanche uh, I, I think that he's gonna have more much more opportunity in the top six. And I think we'll see his numbers reflect that. I think he could be in the 50, 60 point range and this will be the real Ross Colton coming out party. I like, I feel like he's kind of a, a, he's not a household name, but he's a, a recognizable name because he played so many playoff games. Like in his first two seasons in the league, he played 46 playoff games and won a Stanley cup and went to a finals in the other year, but wasn't, it's not as if he was, uh, so important to those teams. You know, he had six points in 23 games, nine points in 23 games. Um, he he played pretty well against Toronto last year with four points in six games, but uh, I I think this will be his coming out party because of the, the, I guess, sort of the lack of talent in, in comparison to those teams that he was on in Tampa where he was third and fourth line guy. I think he'll be in the top six here in Colorado, maybe get some power play time. And that will really change his fortunes uh, for this season.
1: All right. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think he's going to uh, definitely see a few more minutes now. I do wonder uh, with Ryan Johansson there how much that might hamper his ability to see some more offensive zone starts. But um, I do agree. There's another level to this kid here. He's he's very very talented on both sides of the puck. So
0: well, and uh, I, you know, for all the like yes is he a centerman sure but like he's he didn't really play he played all he can play all over the place he's not a pure uh, like he only took 106 faceoffs last year that's not like he's he was all center all the time he can play on the the left side as well so sure. i think there's there's that's that's more likely to me in colorado that you know either Either you put, I mean, maybe you want Ryan Johansson on the wing. That might be more preferable to <laughs> so put him on the right side and have Colton play on the at center. But uh, they've got lots of options there. Uh, who yep. do you have at number five? I had Devin Levi. So, all
1: right, number five. I love that. Uh, for me, at number five, I've got Pavel Zaka from the Boston Bruins.
0: Wow, uh, that is a name that I feel like has been on every breakout list. <laughs> Since 2017.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, I'll agree with you. I've been waiting. He he is similar to, uh, you know, Alex or Frenier. Not the fact that they went so high, but just I've been waiting for them to break out much like Capo right? I'm just waiting for this guy well, to get going.
0: I, I guess I'd say, it, why don't you feel like he's already had his breakout year if he had 57 points in the 82 games and 21 goals? he I mean, he had a career high in pretty much every category possible for the Bruins last year.
1: Right. And I think similar to your pick with Evan Bouchard, there's just another level to this guy that I think we're, we're going to see next year. Uh, mostly because one, we don't know what's going on with uh, Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. And I mean, at this point, honestly, I'm, I'm going to say they're both out. Um, I don't know if you saw it. I'm, I don't know if maybe somebody was just, you know, playing a, a joke on somebody, but I haven't, um, you know, haven't really looked into it, but I did see a picture come across Twitter where, it was like a promotional photo that, you know, they had, you know, cameras on the ice and lights and all this stuff. And it was a picture of uh, Brad Marchand with a C on his jersey. Interesting. So I don't know what that means. Um, not sure if that means Bergeron's coming back. Maybe somebody just, again, Photoshop, you know how crap it is. And I've also sure. seen things that, you know, rumors that Patrice Bergeron is, quote unquote, working out hard in Boston. So. Who knows? But at this point, I'm assuming at least one of those two guys are not coming back, which is going to, again, lead to more ice time for a guy like Pavel Zaka. And especially with Bergeron being at the age he is and the, the shape he's in, I think, you know, you're just going to a lot more time for Zaka um, to play that top line with, you know, with Pasenak. I think they they both blended very, very well together. And I think, you know, you're going to see a lot more production you're going to see a lot more ice time for this guy. And so I could potentially see him hitting that 70 point mark this year for the Boston Bruins, which to me would be a breakout sure. year than yeah. at this point.
0: If He had 70. That's a, that's a different number. Yeah. Okay. So you had uh you had Pavazaka. I like that. That's a, that's a good point. Pl- I did not think to put him on there, but you're right with the fact that maybe he becomes Boston's number one center. <laughs> it's, <I'm right. laughs> uh, it's a possibility that he, you know, yeah, maybe he does have that. Crazy breakout year, and uh, what what is what is Zaka getting paid right now?
1: Not much. <laughs> he is
0: making four seven five. So four seven five. He had fifty points la- or fifty seven points last year. If uh, it, they paid him four seven five, and his best season up to that point was thirty six goal or thirty six points, right? So I mean he. He definitely has finally met some expectations. Let's see if he can really exceed them. Um, If he puts up 70, then heck, yeah, he definitely does. Um, I said my number five was Devin Levi. Who is your number four?
1: At number four, I've got Matthew Nyes. Okay, he's my number three,
0: so we're right there.
1: Love it. Love it. Yeah, the the only concern I have, and I will say the only knock for him, where potentially we could see... I don't know, numbers dip, but, um, you know, 81% in offensive zone starts to 18% defensive zone. So obviously that's that's going to shift a little bit more the other way, but I think there's a lot of opportunity because I, I, I think that –
0: Well, I mean, gonna... he only had one point in the right. three regular season <laughs> games, and uh, yeah. what, what do you have in the, in the playoffs? He had four points in seven games. So, I mean, I, I'd say, yeah, it's not – they were definitely sheltering him like none other. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, only 13 minutes in the playoffs, and and really, Ryan O'Reilly was a big reason they were sheltering him, right? You had Bunting, Matthews, Marner on that top line. And so, anyways, but Ryan O'Reilly gone, I think, you know, again, you're probably going to see, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi in that top six, obviously, with Tavares or or with Matthews. But um, I think that other left-wing spot, you're probably going to see Matthew Nyes get in that top six because I I envision – Max Domi probably adding depth scoring on that third pairing, and so you're going to see Matthew Nice get to play with because they expect him to be a long-term star for this team. Sure. So, yeah. Um, so I think they want to put him with some superstars right now. And well, my guess he, is
0: they're looking at does. him, thinking like, all right. I mean, it's pretty clear that William Nylander is at least being heavily shopped right now. Like mm-hmm. the rumor mill is abound. There is uh, there. Yeah, it's pretty clear he's likely going to leave. Like, I think at this point, we're all going to be pretty surprised if he is on the Leafs without an extension going into the offseason. Uh, and, and you got to look at Matthew Nye's and think, like, this is who that they, they hope that he can be somewhat of that William Nylander, like, replacement or whoever, sure. you know, if it's not Nylander, then whoever else, you know, if they sign Nylander or, you know, the Tavares replacement, whatever it is, uh, but he's, he's going to be replacing one of those big four players, and that's at least the hope. The hope would be this year is that he can come in, nobody has to get traded, and he can just be good because he's on an entry-level deal for another two years, and you can win a freaking cup here. <laughs> that Wouldn't would that be, be the goal. <laughs> and then you can trade players later after you win the cup. Uh, yeah, Matthew Nyes, I think, is he's he's poised to... To be in the rookie of the year conversation.
1: Hi. I agree. I, I mean fifty to sixty points. I'm gonna you know, I, I think he's more than capable if he plays those top six minutes with those kind of players. I think, you know, he could easily chip in a few goals, throw in a few assists here or there. Obviously, I think we've already written in Connor Bedard on a rookie of the year ballot, but um yeah, if you put up fifty to sixty points as a rookie, I mean you had a really good year.
0: Hey, don't forget Connor McDavid did not win rookie of the year.
1: Very true. Neither did Sidney Crosby.
0: So, who won at the year Sidney Crosby was Ovechkin? Oh, Ovechkin. Okay, wow. That's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that year was uh, was an anomaly. You had two draft. Well, classes. after the lockout, yeah, yeah right. two draft <laughs> classes coming in at the same time. What are you gonna do? Um, and Ovechkin was way cooler. Like for he was flashy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, my number four is a Montreal Canadian. The uh, actually, it's funny. I didn't do this on purpose at all, but. My number five was Buffalo, Devin Levi. My number four is Montreal. My number three is Matthew of Toronto. And uh, my next two are also in the Atlantic Division. So I just have, like, my top five is all Atlantic Division <laughs> players. <laughs> uh, but my number four is the first overall pick last year in Slavkowski for Montreal. I uh, think he steps Ooh. in and actually makes a difference and uh, is is able to, to – I'll say you know if he comes in and he can get forty five points, I'm really pleased with the year that he's going to have, uh, and I think that he might be poised to to do something a little more than that too. Oh, yeah, I mean, might be the one player on my list that doesn't play in the NHL at all <laughs> this year because <laughs> there is that chance too that they just don't play him. That like he you know he maybe comes up a little bit, but he doesn't uh, he doesn't play out the whole year up with the Canadians, which I. You know, after last year, that's that's kind of what they like He he played what thirty nine games last year for the Canadians, uh, and I think if I remember, they they had him up, and then they sent him down, and then they they brought him back up again.
1: Well, he got hurt,
0: so and he, and he got yeah, and he got hurt. So, uh, so I mean, ten points in thirty nine games. I am thinking that's uh, that's gonna boost way up. He's gonna be playing more than twelve minutes a game too. So, uh, he's my number four.
1: All right, yeah, I was He, might, he might be you. the
0: next Alex Lafreniere. I don't know.
1: Ooh, <laughs> uh, he, he could be. Yeah, right. I actually was expecting you to uh, potentially say Alex Newhook. I mean, he's got that okay. that new deal at at two point nine million dollars for the next four years. I think uh, a lot of expectations for him as well. And um, obviously, you know what, uh, Montreal's got a lot of wingers there. They've got um, you know Colfield, Newhook, Hoffman, Gallagher, Anderson. So. Uh, Kirby Dock might be playing on the right side we we don't really know so it'll be interesting to see if they you know potentially move somebody like you know Kirby Dock down to that second line center position and move Monahan down to the third line uh that might free up some space for a guy like Silfkovsky to to just step in and take advantage of some extra minutes but we'll we'll obviously uh see what Montreal has up their sleeves
0: uh yeah that's Lovkowski pick I still I I really do wonder if I think he could he could be a sixty point guy, or he could play like half the year in the AHL. It's weird. So I I hope that he is the the breakout player for Montreal. Uh, you know, you I I just feel bad for teams when they don't hit on a, a pick like that. So uh, hopefully he kind of comes into his own. I know it's only year two. It's not not as if we're in year five of this. So uh, well, they better
1: hit. They they passed on right. Shane Wright and got some dirty looks for that one. Very so.
0: true. Very true. That is very true. Uh, all right, so who is your number three?
1: Ah, number three. I've got a former uh, Toronto defenseman who who moved over to the other side mm. of the, well, to the other side of the state's line, and uh, Rasmus Sandin, for me, is a potential breakout star. Um, I was always interested to see what he was going to do in Toronto and really kind of got, you know, um, you know uh, slotted a little further down in the depth chart. Um, really was waiting for him to break out. And, you know, again, he was only playing, you know, for the most part, 16 minutes a night, that third-pairing type stuff. So um, really didn't get his opportunity. And then, of course, Washington comes along, makes a trade, one last push for the playoffs. Um, you know, of, of course, Toronto trying to free up some some cap space and roster spots. And, uh, man, he looked he looked pretty dang good in Washington, 15 points through 19 games and playing upwards of 23 minutes a night. Now, I know that's
0: – Without John Carlson, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I know those numbers aren't going to last, but um, man, I think he, he's got a, a good opportunity here in the Washington, Washington team that I think with a healthy backstrom all year and assuming that, you know, again, that, you know, Manta has a little bit of a bounce back year. and
0: Yeah, they're going to uh, be hungry.
1: Yeah, they're going to be hungry. Exactly. And so I, I think there's an opportunity here for a guy like, you know, Rasmus Sandin to, to play a lot of minutes, play some, potentially some top power play time um and this this could bode well and I, it wouldn't shock me to see a 50 point season out of this guy.
0: Okay. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me either. I don't have him on my list. Um uh, I I thought his numbers were inflated because of John Carlson and I uh maybe maybe it's just one of those like I want my team to win the trade so I don't I don't really <laughs> want him to have a breakout year yet. Uh, but if, if I mean, I, I I always liked him as a defenseman, always thought that he worked really hard. I mean, even even all the way back to Mike Babcock uh, when he mm. was the head coach in his rookie year and Babcock was playing him a ton in the preseason. I remember Babcock really liking him. And then it was like, why aren't you playing him? And it was just kind of this. It, he just kind of never got the maybe the respect. It might have just, you know don't want to play the young defenseman. You want to play the veteran guys. And that just seemed to be what happened too with Sheldon Keefe. You play guys you trust. And and for whatever reason, he maybe lost some of that trust. Not sure why, Uh, but offensively, yes, he's, he's certainly gifted. So we'll see if he can, uh, kind of find a new, like he obviously has found that new spot in Washington and it's not as if you can, John Carlson goes out and you can just slot anyone you want into the, the number one D man spot there. And they're going to put up big points. Like he, he obviously has the talent. Um, so I, I mean, anything more than 40 points from him is a, a huge win for the Washington Capitals. And even more so, can they make the playoffs? Um, uh, That'll be a, a question we, I'm sure, ask in a future show. Um, okay, Matthew Nyes was my number three, so we'll just uh, skip past there. And my number two is your number. I, I can't remember where you had. Number nine, I think, is where you had Lucas Raymond. Oh, number eight. Uh, I've got Lucas Raymond as my number two. I think that Lucas Raymond uh, is poised to have a monster year. I think that, it, it, I mean, this is kind of that, like, do it or don't do it kind of year. Like, are you a, a num a top line player or are you just a top nine guy? I think we find out this year and I tend to lean towards the fact that I mean, with given his speed and the way that he can kind of disguise what he's going to do, I think he's got like 70 to 80 points written all over him. And that top line just goes absolutely bananas this year. And I still don't think Detroit makes the playoffs, but I think offensively uh, they're much more fun. And uh, a big reason why is because of Lucas Raymond.
1: I will say this too. Um, he is up for a contract extension after this season. so Always helps. Um, yeah, always helps. Exactly. I mean, obviously they're going to focus on getting more each resigned, re-signed. But um, if I was Lucas Raymond, I'd bet on myself and say, you know what? I'm going to wait till you know, middle, end of the year to, to see where we're at and, yeah. and go there. So um, we know Iserman's going to, you know, work some magic and get him signed a little bit lower. But maximize your value and wait till you yep. have that 70-point that year.
0: Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, who is your number two?
1: My number two is Jamie Drysdale, a defenseman here for the Anaheim that's Ducks.
0: One. That's a great one. I don't have him on my list, but that's a great one.
1: Ooh, yeah. I mean, so here, here's the thing, right? Uh, Klingberg, gone. Uh, Shattenkirk gone right so when you look beyond Cam Fowler who in my opinion is he's still an okay serviceable top four guy but he's not not a driver like Jamie Drysdale can be um, I think this kid has a load of talent here and and really you look at what he was able to do last year on just a, a terrible team I mean I hate to say it but they really were all over the place 30, 32 points and only a minus 26 which was kind of impressive. Um, Corsi numbers weren't actually too bad either but, uh, again, all things considered, um, you know, last year, eight games got hurt and went out for, for most of the year. Um, but, you know what, new coach coming in, new system here. I think, um, you know, Greg Conan, I don't know much about him and what kind of style he likes to play. But, man, I think, you know, 32 points is – you're going to double that point total, I think, from what we saw two seasons ago from him. Okay. Um, easily, I think, a 60-point 60, you know, 60 point defenseman here for the Ducks. I think bringing in guys like Kalorn. Um, They also bring in on the back end, right, Uh, Racco Gudis. They've got a lot of, you know, on their bottom four defensemen here, they've got a lot of defensive defensemen who I think are going to take a bulk of those defensive responsibilities and going to free up Drysdale to take a lot of those offensive zone starts. You might even see like a 70-30 split there for him.
0: Okay. Uh, I really like Jamie Drysdale. Uh, He was terribly unlucky last year, even in the eight games. I mean, a 95.5 Corsi is, uh, is quite bad. The whole team was bad anyways. Uh, yeah, willing to give him a wash in that. I don't know if I'm there with him being, uh, being that, that type of offensive juggernaut. I mean, he shoots the puck a lot. That's for sure. Uh, I mean, he shot the puck 137 times. He only scored four of those in his, uh, what was his rookie year, but, uh, I I like him. I don't know if I like him that much, but I mean, for Anaheim's sake, I, at least offensively, offensively, I think, I think defensively, uh, he, he will grow into a good defenseman. Uh, I don't know that he is a, that superstar 60 point kind of guy for this season, but uh, I I like the pick. I, I think that he certainly could have a breakout year and, I mean, anything more than 50 points would be unreal for Jamie Drysdale, for the, uh, especially yeah. after the injury that he suffered last year.
1: Yeah, and I, I think this is one of those picks where um, I'm excited to revisit it next year when we do our breakout candidates and see yes, how we Yes, absolutely, care.
0: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> All right, uh, who do you have at number one?
1: Uh, at number one, I've got a Michigan man, Kent Johnson from the Ooh. Columbus Blue Jackets.
0: Another good pick. I don't have him on my list either.
1: Yeah, I'm disappointed. I mean, so here's the deal, right? So 40 points last year. You're always disappointed in me, Justin. I know, I know. (laughs) And 79 games, right? Um, Literally only playing 14 minutes a night. So really relegated to that middle six. Didn't see a lot of top, you know, top minutes. But I think with Adam, you know, Fantilli coming in here, uh, Kent Johnson can easily slide on that left side and play on the wing. Um, you know, if you, you know, again, I, I'm not sure what, you know, Columbus is going to do, if they're still going to ride Boone Jenner as their top center and put him with Goudreau, or if you're going to see Fantilli maybe on that top center spot, we don't know. But I think either way, he's got some, some good wingers to play with. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for him to see a lot more minutes. And, you know, again, guys like Nyquist are gone. So, you know, maybe you pair him with, with Marchenko and, and Cole Sillinger um, or maybe you pair him with Patrick Line, right? And and Adam Fentelli, and that's your that's your top line and, and give Goudreau, you know, second line minutes. Who you know, again, there's a lot of combinations here and a lot of goal scores for this team for Kent Johnson to take advantage of.
0: Okay. I yeah, I love, I love the pick. Uh he certainly especially if he's put into the right scenario and, and plays with the right players. I mean, sky's the limit. Uh obviously a new new head coach, Mike Babcock, is mm. I we'll see we'll see what happens. I mean, he tends to be pretty tough on younger players and, uh, it will definitely make him earn it. So if Kent Johnson does put up that kind of season, um, you know, Mike Johnson or, uh, Mike Babcock will definitely make him earn it. And, but, but if he does, he'll be, you know, the, the pet favorite forever. So, uh, yeah.
1: And I will say Kent Johnson is, you know, we, we look at a lot of high end picks. Uh, he's got a lot of, you know trevor Zegras swag and flash to him that i really love um so i think he's he's bound to break out at some point it could be a you know a 70 point guy for this columbus team because i do expect them to be a lot better than they were last year at least offensively
0: you heard it here first folks kent johnson will be on the cover of nhl
1: 25 oh gosh i hope so There we go <laughs>
0: Um, well, my number one is actually a defenseman. Uh, I said that everyone else on my list is from the Atlantic Division, and uh, this one's from Ottawa. It is Jake Sanderson. Um, Love the year he had last year. Uh, he only started forty-five percent of the faceoffs in the offensive zone. He was relied upon heavily. Still had thirty-two points, and I think the the sky's the limit for this kid. I think that he could potentially override uh, Shabbat as the number one defenseman by the end of the year on this team. He is that good. Uh, Maybe not from a defensive standpoint yet. He's only 21, Uh, but I think that he will be uh, very, very, very good for the Ottawa Senators this year.
1: Yeah, overtaking Shabbat. That's a bold prediction, but I like it. I like like the ballsiness of it, but to me, Sanderson... uh, is is very very good defenseman right but uh the only reason why I had concerns about putting him on my list and and maybe this is why he might actually do you know do much better than I think is because Jacob Chicken there uh right so now you've, you've, it, you you That's
0: fair yeah a pecking, that's a good point yeah. Jacob Chicken yep yeah. that's yeah, that's you, somebody that he got a
1: pecking order yep right so um now he's he's essentially got to hop two guys here not to say that he can't because again I I agree with you I think he has all the talent in the world and you know, 45% of his starts are in the offensive zone. So I think that number for him will go up as well. Um, and, and again, I think, you know, again, Ottawa is another up and coming team. Like we talked about with Lucas Raymond in Detroit, they're, they're evolving, they're getting better every single year. And I think, you know, hopefully younger guys like Jake Sanderson are the reason they are getting better. And, you know, again, being that, that fifth overall pick in the, the 2020 draft, I mean, you look at, uh, who went after him, Jamie Drysdale. So I've got him high on my list too. So it's going to be the year.
0: There we go. Could be the year of the defenseman. All right. Cool. Well, there is our top ten breakout players for twenty twenty three. Um, our next show will likely be another uh, another top ten list. I we we haven't discussed what it's going to be. Do you have any uh, any thoughts? Do we want to do um, something? What, what you said you had a list. So <laughs> you have a list of top I'm, ten I'm lists you, that we should potentially I'm, do.
1: I'm letting you pick the next one.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I feel like. I have a I have a child right now uh, hanging <laughs> on my chair. It's just not the right time for me to just to make a blanket statement and determine what we're going to do right now. But let's keep uh, it a secret. But we'll keep it a secret. Next show a top ten list, and uh, we will. Uh, you know, you can find us on Twitter at ot hockey talk. We we can tweet it out. We can tweet out what we're going to do in advance of the show, uh, so people can get us their top ten list for it. Um, I'll come up with a good list, and I'll let you know here very soon. Yes, you can hear a child right there. So <laughs> I'll uh, I'll I'll let you go to our listeners. Thanks for being here, and uh, find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. You guys have a great night and enjoy that summer.